Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Second Jack, he's Rob Sacre. I'm Jack Ferris, and he is Alex Jensen, voice of the Zags. This is brought to you by betonline.ag. What's up, Alex? Voice of the Zags. Oh, my God, I always do that. (laughs) (laughs) Voice of the Gales, Alex Jensen. Uh, Good catch. My first question... My first question to you, Alex. You've been calling games for St. Mary's for what, like six years now? It's been a minute. This is number 12. Holy shit. I didn't realize it was that long. It's been a long time. You've so you've been to the kennel at least a dozen times. Thank you for being here, man. Oh, I thank you guys for having me. Rob's good to finally uh, meet you in in person, uh, quote unquote. But yeah, yeah, a dozen times in the kennel now. Um, there have been some not so great games for the Gales in the kennel. Uh, um, so you, you, you just like for everybody else, you're officially like two and ten. Is that right? Were you there? Is that what 20? it is? I think it is two and ten. Yeah, you were there. Uh, in no, 2011? Three. I'm sorry, three. Uh, is it three? There was, um, the last win was the last win was 2011. I want to say 2018 was the last win. Oh, you uh, won, Josh. you won in Spokane in 2018. So I think it was 16, 18, and then this, this year. So 16 with, um, you know, the Rayhan, Hermanson, Nar, Dane Pino. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was, we the, I, you know, that was the year that both teams were kind of down a little. Bit. Yeah. And then uh, then there was 2018 when Landale was a senior um, with Hermanson and Nar and those guys as well. Evan Fitzner. So, yeah, that's number three, which is which is pretty crazy. Given what about Mickey McConnell? <laughs> Mickey. <laughs> I was not there for that one, Rob, but. Uh, Mickey McConnell is my my pregame guest for our uh, for our pregame show on the radio. So I'll make sure I I pass uh, I pass your hello along. Oh, I I, I got to ask this question. Were what were your emotions with two minutes to go in the game when you saw the kennel implode? Because Rob, you weren't there, right? No. What were my emotions? Well, it was a great game. First of all, I want to get that out. That was it was a fantastic college basketball game. One of the best I've ever called. I think just because the you know so much on the line for both teams. There's a lot of listeners the, that would disagree with you right there, but yes, the, okay. The back and forth <laughs> nature of the second half. Uh, well, it's my opinion. It's my list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. It's, your, it's, your, your, it's uh, your it's your platform. Either way, I mean, there's been a ton of great games between St. Mary's and Gonzaga. There's been a ton of not-so-great games between St. Mary's and Gonzaga, to be honest with you. Uh, but my emotion, I mean, you know, it's um, – I, I get it from the kids' standpoint. I mean, I don't get throwing stuff on, on the floor, but I get the emotion of everything. You know, you're there's a lot of buildup for this game. Um, you know, you, you probably had a couple pulls uh, by the time you get into, uh, into the kennel. You're camping out all night, and – you know, I mean, you look at that still, and it was a missed call, and it was a big call in the game. Um, you know, if you look at that still. Now, I did watch it again in real time. It's a tough call to make in real time because you're looking, you know, obviously at the foot and then the hand, and it's just – it's really tough. It's a tough call to make. But the, the last few minutes of that game, before that, after that, I think before that, um, you know, also added into that because there were so many reviews, so many stoppages, um, so many close plays, again, in a close game that both teams, especially Gonzaga, really needed. Um, so, you know, I mean, I, I was surprised, but, you know, I'd, I, I'd, I guess I, I'd, I understand the frustration. I'll put it that way, because I know for, for you guys and kind of listening to 
you know, Gonzaga people reading Gonzaga, um, you know, local stuff up there. I know it's been a frustrating season because they're, you know, your Gonzaga's schedule is honestly kind of crumbled from underneath itself. It's no fault of Gonzaga's. Uh, you thought UCLA would be better. You thought USC would be better. Um, so I get it. It's been a frustrating season. I, I, w- I was surprised, but, um, you know, that, that that's as far as I'll go on it. I mean, I, you know, it's they're kids, you know, they're students. I mean, I've, we've all been there, right? We've all been there when we, uh, you know, in, in, in an emotional game like that. So I'll go. I'll go further. Go thank ahead. You for, thank you for being political. <clears throat> <laughs> Here's the thing. I'm a 35 year old man. So for me to sit at home and again, I did the same thing. I watched it in real time on Sunday. I disappointed is a word and like borderline disgusted at how the kennel club handled handled themselves. Um, But again, I'm a 35 year old dude watching from my living room. I could totally see 21, 22 year old Jack getting in the mob mentality and joining in. So like, I don't think there's bad kids involved, but in a tough season, what a poor representation of like a, a very proud student section. Right. Um, that's right. that's all I got, and I'm sure like the kids went home and like the next day they're like, "Shit, we were we were acting out a little bit." And, and, and did but, we get texts? No, Randy Bennett was begging for a text. He was, but that's me. what I don't. I don't. That was. Mm-hmm. I thought we there should have been two texts in the game. Oh, for sure. And uh, we lucked out on that for sure. Randy um, Bennett was politely begging for a tech, and they absolutely should have. You guys absolutely should have gotten a tech, or we should have gotten a tech. I agree, right. but I, I I will applaud the the official the the officials in this regard. Uh, you tech you you give a T right there, and that could turn a bad situation to worse like that. Oh, yeah. Um. So just the emotion that was in that building, you know. Um. I I think that obviously by the by the letter of the law, it should have been a tech. Uh, it should have been probably a couple of techs because it happened again. Right. Um. You know, but I, I will applaud the officials in that sense that in a game where they were losing control a little bit. I think they kind of kept things more together than it could have been uh, without issuing a tech. That, that's my opinion. But yes, by the letter of the law, I agree. You know what? I was really, <clears throat> I'm going to give you guys credit. I was really impressed with St. Mary's physicality. I don't know if that's something the Zags need to work on, but uh, Saxon, he was, I, I haven't seen a physical player like that since Omar. May Waldo. Yeah. But yeah, he I was really impressed. And then that's where I think the emotions started to come because obviously there's a rivalry, but and I don't watch enough sacks or enough tough uh games on Saxon, but is he always that physical in every game? Yeah, I mean as you know, Rob, you know, the Gales have pride themselves on their physicality for years. Um, especially with their bigs. You mentioned Omar and Waldo. I would say Landale was was in that mold as well. Um, yes. I mean, short answer is is yes. I mean, that's kind of, you know, you want to obviously establish a physicality and to a game of that magnitude, especially when St. Mary's and Gonzaga play each other, when St. Mary's and BYU would play each other, when Gonzaga right. and BYU would play each other, it'd always be a physical game. I mean, there's so much on the line. And, you know, you know better than I do, Rob, that you you want to kind of establish – Okay, oh, you're yeah. not just you know you're exactly right. So, oh, yeah. yes, that 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 that's kind of the way that Mitchell Saxon defends, uh, and it's it's the way you have to be with a guy like Ek, right? Who's six nine, two forty, I think. Right. Um, he's a really good player. Um, 
So yeah, I mean, and I thought I thought that the Jefferson Watson matchup was was physical as well, and uh, I I really thought that Joshua took another big step uh, in the way that he matched up with a, a guy like Anton's caliber. So yeah, I mean, but with Saxon, yeah, I mean, I I think he's also he's he's got a little bit more length than some of the other bigs that have come through St. Mary's, and is a little bit more of a shot blocker as well. Right, right. Um, yeah, but it was yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. It made it a lot of fun to watch. It really did. It was a big game, as you mentioned, Alex, a game that Gonzaga fell short on. But there's another big game coming this weekend. I guess you're, we're not allowed to say Super Bowl in this ad read. So we're don't not. Say, no one say Super Bowl. Bet Online is your number one service for all your playoff odds, stats, trends, and lines with everything from point spreads to hundreds of player performance props with dozens of odds, props, and info on hundreds of sports events, politics, and en- environment you can access the world's best wagering information anytime from your desktop with your mobile devices. Head to Bet Online today to start your updated, to stay updated on all the action. Bet Online, the game starts here. Um, you mentioned Gonzaga's schedule kind of crumbling beneath itself. I remember November, December peaking at St. Mary's, and you guys were like below 500. What, at Christmas? Three and five. Three and five at the end of November, I think. Yeah. Uh, did you, I mean, what were your expectations coming into the year? I think like everybody else, you know, they were, they were high. I mean, they, you know, they were like what, like how this team knock on wood is playing right now. Um, you you only lose two guys, but the, the two guys you did lose were from those gritty, not pretty teams the last two years. They were, they were the guys that set the tone. You know, Logan Johnson and Kyle Bowen talk about physicality, Rob. I mean, Kyle Bowen, uh, as physical as they come at the four. And you, you also put into your your lineup two different style of players and two guys that just hadn't done it before in Marshall Onis and Jefferson. And it just took them a little while. It took this group a little while to develop an identity, I think, offensively, especially. But in that time, in that three and five, start a little bit like the COVID year for this program where they really established an identity of that gritty, not pretty type of mindset in the first 10 games or so this year when their offense was still kind of sputtering a little bit. I think they established who they are as a team defensively, first of all, and they've been very good there the last month and a half or so. And even maybe even more importantly on the glass for Gonzaga to out rebound St. Mary's the way they did. I haven't seen a team uh, out rebound St. Mary's by a half dozen like that this year, uh, which is a feather in the cap of, uh, and Mark, if you mentioned it after the game, a feather in the cap of, uh, of the Zags. You're, but you're, really, you're so polite. I, I'm being he honest. He has to be. He I'm, has I'm to be. Honest. I'm being honest. A, it's true. It, it is true, Jack. I get it. But uh, and B, I know my audience. Thank you. Um, go ahead. No, I was. I was just going to say they they identified those identities. So when their offense kind of started to tick up a little bit, that's kind of when um, you know everything started to come together. Marshallonis uh, really started to execute his role well. He's been great on both ends of the ball, and then Joshua Jefferson has been as improved as any player I think in the WCC. Since Isn't last he like year, Rob Jones, you think he's a little bit like Rob Jones. That's I think what that's, I was going to go with. You yeah. Know? Yeah. That's a great comp. I think he, he's got a little bit more of a, of a, a playmaking aspect to his game than Rob did. But yeah, the physicality, the scoring ability and the, and the, the presence is, is very reminiscent of Rob Jones. man for an under. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I can see it definitely. Now what for getting guys. What's what coach do like what is his selling point i gotta know 
I, you know, I, I, I'm not privy to those meetings, obviously, but I think the track record of development, you know, I mean, uh, the, the proof is kind of in the pudding um, with sending guys like Matthew Delvadova to the NBA in a long career. You know, Jordan Ford's in the NBA now, um, a guy who's, you know, six foot. Uh, Jock Landale obviously spent a couple years overseas first, and then now he's had Malik Fitz has played the NBA. Um, so I, I think the development track record is a big part of it. Um, and you've got it on both sides, really, with bigs and guards. So I, I think that they do a, a good job of, of you know, um, selling that aspect of it. There have been some facilities upgrades to uh, in Moraga as well uh, recently. So I th think those two things. And then, you know, I mean, again, uh, playing in a league with Gonzaga and going to the NCAA tournament and having so many games on national TV, um, you know, I think that's uh, – that's a big thing as well. And I think that's where these two programs have helped push each other a lot because, you know, in league, obviously no one's pushed Gonzaga like St. Mary's has and St. Mary's wouldn't be where they are right now without what Mark Few's done. So it's, it's, it's a little bit of, I think that there's, you know, first of all, your development, but you wouldn't get here without having somebody else in your league that helps push the envelope. Um, so I, I think, I think that the development most of all, but, Again, playing in the tournament, from my understanding, is a big deal uh, to a lot of recruits. And I don't know how much Absolutely. the NIL stuff. Yeah, Absolutely. I don't know. Absolutely. Right. And that now you've got back to back five seeds. Um, so, you know, I think there's 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 a lot of that. Uh, those are the top two things. And then again, I mean, playing on a stage like these two teams got on Saturday, I think that that that's big as well. And then the Gales have taken another step, obviously, with their non-conference scheduling. And um, I think that's important, too. I don't know if I've mentioned this story on the pod. If I have, here we go again. I was at a Warriors game back in March. I texted Alex all about it. I love this story. And I'm sitting down. Rob, have I told you this? Not Keep familiar. going, Jack. Keep I was going. sitting. Okay, I was sitting down, and it was me and the girl I was with, and there was like was like seven or eight seats over. I tell her I was like, "Hey, that guy over there," and she had just gone to the St. Mary's game with me the month before. I was like, I'm pretty sure that's the head coach of St. Mary's. And she was like, what? No, it can't be. And I'm like, yeah, check out his quarter zip. It's a St. Mary's quarter zip. <laughs> and it was like quarter clear as day. Zip. It was like clear as day, Randy Bennett. So, okay, we've established I've like taken like a little picture like to confirm no. my friends, like a little candid no, picture. No, you weren't that person, were you? Rob, it gets worse. It gets much It gets much. You were that worse. guy it gets trying not to. Come on. It gets, <laughs> it gets much worse. So I go up to get beers or something, right? And when I come back, and there's he's probably seven or eight seats over in our row, and there's like maybe one person sitting in between us, and it's his son. Um, and I get up and go get beers, and when I come back, the girl I'm with is sitting next to Randy, and they are howling, they're like laughing together. And I come back, I come down, and she's like, "Yeah, it is. This is Coach Bennett of St. Mary's." And I was like, "Hey, how are you, Jack? I'm a Zag." Blah blah blah. And we sat down. And I got to say, we spent the whole second half with him, and I didn't want to like him. I was a huge fan. Randy was very, very fun. Uh, oh, I say, really? I say all that to say, Alex, we talk about the, I don't know, a frigid relationship, at least publicly, between Few and Randy. I think fans want it to be more frigid than it really is. Uh, wh what do you know of their relationship? I, I, it kind of seems to me like they're friends, honestly. 
You know, I, that, I mean, that's the thing. I think like, it's, you, it's, it's go ahead. You identify like both. Who knows how to run a program better? You know, you know what I mean. If you if you're someone like Mark Few and you're building and you're building and you're building, like you have other coaching friends that you can identify with, but like they Few and Randy have so much in common. And like, how could you not be friends? Yeah, I I think it's I think it's come a long way too since you know that uh, you know Rob when you were in school and St. Mary's was still trying to be that legitimate rival uh, to Gonzaga and right. now that now the Gales have gotten multiple at large you know they've won multiple games in the tournament um, you know I I just I don't know it, it's I never felt like there was animosity there between the two I always felt like there was a mutual respect. Um, but now, like, I, I don't know, it's 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 weird. Like, I remember after the first time I did this podcast, like, I, I re- that was the first time I really observed, like, you know, what they looked like before the game, before the ball went up. And they're like, they're hugging, you know, they're yeah. shaking hands like they're like they've been buddies for 20 years. Yeah. You know, so I think that mutual respect is uh, and I, I don't know, like, you know, how far back their friendship goes, but um, at least in, to, to me, I, it just seems like a mutual respect has, has really turned into a what seems like a, a pretty good friendship, if you well, ask me. Also, like, look around the WCC. Like, every three years, a new, yeah, the program true. has a new coach. You know what I mean? And those two have been there for – how long has Randy been there? 20 years? 23. 23 years. So, like, you have, like, season. and you see each other two, maybe – well, media day, you probably see each other four times a year. Yeah. Like, I, how how do you not build a relationship over that? Um. So, that's kind of cool. I, and, again, I don't know if it's me getting older or, like, the Zags having – a down year, but like I find myself having more and more respect for the St. Mary's program. Um, again, I don't know if that's going to be super popular with, uh, with the listeners out there, but, but that's well, where I'm you, at. I, I'll, I'll take it. And Rob, I'd love to hear your opinion on this, but it seems like there's less animosity on the court as well. There is definitely a competitive nature. There's no doubt about it, but there's, there's vitriol between the fan bases. I'm in Rob. Again, you tell me, but, it, I'm not sure that there's as much vitriol as when I saw Rob Sacre and Omar Samhan cross paths in Vegas. I really feel like, by the way, I couldn't wait to get you on here, Rob. I feel like that's really when the rivalry, this rivalry was born, is when you guys kind of cross paths in Vegas. And then, you know, not to open up an old wound, but if St. Mary's lost that game, it wouldn't have meant as much. But the fact that St. Mary's beat Gonzaga in Vegas for the first time, like that, to me, that became like the, okay, now this is an actual like rivalry. Yeah. I know what you're saying. Yeah. One, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that one, I, because there was, I completely agree. That was the beginning of, <clears throat> beginning of the rivalry. Like, there was no question about it because Patty Mills had just, dis- he had just finished. And then you got Mickey McConnell and Delvadova. Delvadova, yeah. He was on that team. Yep. Mm-hmm. That was guys, a good fucking like looking back, Diamond Simpson. It was it was a really good fucking team. No, Diamond, oh, wasn't Diamond on was that gone. One. Diamond, Diamond was, was gone. on that, that was Rob team. Yeah. Jones though. Yeah. Ben Allen. Ben was Allen. that that was ben that Allen. was um um who hit the like prayer three to put it into overtime. Deladova, wasn't it? No, that was 2012, right? No, it was oh, was that 2012? That was Elias Harris hit that. Yes, game. yes, yeah. that was amazing. I was there. That for was that. crazy. And then we lost the glass. That was a phenomenal <laughs> game. That was a phenomenal game. Um, but that yeah. was that was also the first time that St. Mary's beat Gonzaga when it actually meant something. 
Right. You know, I mean, that's, you know, and I don't know. It's just, um, I just feel like the rivalry has evolved a little bit. And then there was a good period there where St. Mary's didn't beat Gonzaga for like three or four years uh-huh. at all. Um, and then I think it, it kind of got revitalized in the 2019, was it 2019? 2019 WCC championship game. You guys kicked the um, shit out of us? Yeah, when you had Perkins yeah. and Brandon yeah. Clark and uh, Hachimura and uh, and I think Gino Crandall was on that team, if That's, I'm not mistaken. That team that lost in the Elite Eight to Texas Tech, in my opinion, was the best Gonzaga team. That team was and really like, good. There's like four pros on that team. Um, but yeah, and no, that was one of those things where we steamrolled through the regular season and then we get to the final in Vegas and we lose to St. Mary's by 30. Um, St. Mary's also lost to Gonzaga in the kennel like three weeks before that by like 50. Yes, yes, yes. That's why I – that was one of those games when Gonzaga was so good, I wasn't really paying attention to Vegas. And then it (laughs) was on a – I was at a bar and it was on the screen. I was like, is that score right? Oh, my God. Um, (laughs) But to your point about like the intensity on the court softening. I don't think – no, no, no. That's not – that's not – Well, I think the vitriol has softened a little bit. Yeah, it's not – I don't think there's a hatred – where there's more admiration, like they they admi- not admire, but there's a respect. Before it was like, who are these guys? Go, there was an actual hatred for these guys. I think now, I remember. Was it was Dimitri Goodson that had a quote in the Seattle Times saying, "I'm happy oh, yeah. St. Mary's didn't get in." You know, I just I don't know. I don't see that happening now. Right? No, we hated y'all. We yeah. hated y'all. And that was the, that's, but I don't think I agree, but also this comes with the new NIL stuff. I don't think there's going to be, it's going to be the same way. It's just going to be more of a respect thing because the, the fans make it a rivalry game. We had to play four years or what, three years straight. Like we have to beat these guys to set the tone. That's how it like we gotta we gotta set the tone to be number one in this league. And uh I don't think these guys understand it just based on the one, two years in the program. I don't well, know about for you guys. In those days too, the WCC was much different because you know, in, in the late two thousands outside of Gonzaga, you know, you had to win in Vegas to get into the NCAA tournament. Right. It's it's not like now where you know your second place team is getting a five seat as an at large. Um, right. Well, so I think I, that I, not not this year. I don't know about this. <laughs> not this year. No. But the last two. But each of the yeah. last two yeah, years. Yeah. I mean, heck, you go back to the the COVID year. You know, say the WCC would have had three teams in, and the lowest seed was probably going to be an eight or a nine because BYU with Hawes and uh, who else? Toulson. Um, I think they had Yoli Childs still. Uh, that was a really good year. So it's just the. The complexion of the league has changed too. True, but I think there is still that vitriol between the fan bases, for what it's worth, and that I, I think that really keeps the heat up in the rivalry. And the intensity is definitely still there on the floor. It's just not the same as Rob was saying. Not the same hatred. There's not a hatred. There's just yeah. not like because you're not battling that guy for four years, right? You know, in the past, it was like you're going to see this guy at least three two to three years in your career. Now it's like, eh, who is this guy? Well, oh, he just came to St. Mary's or, you know, but you guys develop and those are more, you guys have more of a three to four year program type style. Right. And that's why I asked about the recruiting because it seems like coach finds uh, 
God were willing to just sacrifice and go through that that journey. I'd say that's accurate. Yeah, ten and zero is St. Mary's. I don't. Again, I know you're not privy to like the behind the scenes conversation Randy's having with the players, but you won the toughest game. You won the toughest league game on your schedule, going to Spokane and beating Gonzaga. Is I mean, they have to be talking about an undefeated WCC team. That has to be the goal at this point, right? Um. Well, I mean, if you're talking about it through the lens that St. Mary's probably going to be favored in every game that is left on its schedule for in the sure. regular season, for sure. Yeah. I, I yeah. I mean, that's. But I think that they got here. I think they have the perspective of being three and five and getting off to a disappointing start, losing a couple of games they probably shouldn't have lost. Uh, that hope, you know, my hope is that they have the um, the maturity to see what's directly in front of them. And I think, I mean, I know Pacific's not very good, but Stockton's a tricky place to play. And that was that. I mean, that was that spot was prime for a letdown, not necessarily a lot, but a letdown, right? And they play, after the first ten minutes, they played really well. So you know, I think that there is a maturity there. I'm hoping so anyway. And I think that game was kind of evidence of it. And I think, again, it comes from struggling at the beginning of the year. Um, the, the win at Colorado state was a season changer and the, especially the way they won it, the, you know, they, they, they were the tough, they were, they were tough. They was a close game all the way throughout sold out, um, sold out crowd, similar chance coming from the student section uh, as we saw on Saturday, you know? Um, and so I, I think that, especially based on what happened on Tuesday, again, a short turnaround trip to Stockton, kind of a sleepy arena that, you know, I'm hoping they have the maturity to kind of take it one game at a time. What's up with the schedule this week? A lot of Tuesdays and Wednesday games in WCC. How's that fit into your schedule and your regular life? I love it, man. I think it's great. I, I just think it's a, it's a chance for the league to be, yeah. um, it's a chance for the league to have a, a, you know, a bigger audience, right. When you're playing on Tuesday and Wednesday, as opposed to every Thursday and Saturday. So I, I, I think it's great. Just like, just like I'm a fan of, you know, Washington state and Oregon state coming on for a couple of years and try just trying to help to grow the profile of the league. Former uh, St. Mary's coach, Washington state. That's right. Kyle Smith. Yeah. I, and you know, who else is on that Hunter, uh, that, uh, staff Rob is Wayne Hunter. Yep. Former player. Yeah, that's right. Oh, dude, just wait till you get to go to Holman, Beasley. <laughs> My God, you're going to hate it. never been. You're going to hate it. You're going to hate it. You'll probably like about I mean, I would assume you'll play Gonzaga on a Saturday and Washington State on a Thursday. So, you, I mean, I would hope so. That that gives you more time to stay at the Davenport. Right. Yeah, that's right. At least pa- enjoy the, the Davenport. The Pac-12 teams generally stay in Spokane and drive down and back. Yeah. Um, right. But, dude, <laughs> it's a whole – down through the Palouse. It's 90 <laughs> minutes there, 90 minutes back. Uh, so good luck to that. Good luck to you there. Um, <laughs> what is a successful St. Mary's season at this point in the tournament? Let's let's assume, let's assume you drop one at home to Gonzaga and you win the WCC in, in Vegas. I think it's successful. I think a successful year. I think it'd be getting to the Sweet 16. Yeah. The second because they, yeah, they haven't been there since 2010. I really felt like they had last couple of tournaments, and even last, well, I guess three of the last four, I, I, I kind of feel like St. Mary's has gotten a tough draw. Big time. Um, 
you know, I mean, you know, you look back to that 2017 team who they only lost to Gonzaga and then won against UT Arlington. That was the Gonzaga team with Nigel Williams Goss yeah. and yeah. Karnowski. But that St. Mary's team was really good. They had Joe Rahan and Emmett Nahr, Calvin Hermanson. That was the year Jock Landale broke out. Um, and they had to play Arizona with Lori Markin in the second round. Two years ago, you get Indiana in the first, and then you've got to play UCLA in the second round. I loved then, you guys in that game, too. I loved you uh, guys in that game. The way that game started, I really thought we were going to win it. But yeah. Ty- Tiger Campbell is as impressive of a, of a guard that I've seen at the college level. Just He just controlled the entire game on both sides of the floor. Uh, and then, you know, you got a shot maker like Jaime Jaquez, who's tough. Um, yeah, that's a that's a tough second-round opponent. And then last year – you run into UConn. UConn underseeded as a four because of their uh, because they struggled in the Big East, uh, and really St. Mary's kind of gave them. I mean, it was a one point game at half, and UConn had to hit a buzzer beater to go into the breakup one. Alex Dukas gets hurt in that game, and he was really playing well. I don't know if they would have won that game, but um, it would have been closer than it ended up being if if Dukas was out there. So, given all that and the fact that. Randy Bennett's only been to the Sweet 16 once. I think yeah, that's wild. this team is playing really well right now. So um, hopefully they can continue. And, yeah, I think a successful year would be getting to this. I'm not saying that you'd be disappointed with a second-round exit or even a first-round exit given how the season started. But a successful year, in my eyes, would be the Sweet 16. He's out. And I think – go ahead. I also think, Jack, sorry, just to, just to belabor please, that point. Please. To continue to raise the bar, your expectations have to get – Right after two second round exits, I think as a fan base, you want to you got to push through. Yeah, you got to get the next step. There is no if you are a college basketball fan, there is nothing better than your team making that second weekend in the tournament because then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you're just on this high and like all the outlets are talking about your team and talking about the matchups. The second weekend is so big for the program, and uh, no question, (laughs) it's. Gonna be tough for the Zags to what is it? What's our current streak? Like eight straight Sweet Sixteens, eight or nine? I believe it's yeah. eight. Eight. Twenty-five straight tournaments, right? Twenty. Uh, yeah. yeah. God. But you got a big of... one on Saturday. I mean, yeah, uh, you know. Yeah. Um. A lot of all they're all big ones down the stretch. They're all the that's true. <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's they're true. all big ones down the stretch for the Zags. Uh, Alex, I will be in Moraga in a couple of weeks. Um, I think every time we there we're there, we respectfully uh. Ignore each nod. other. Nod. Yeah. You give the yeah. nod. Although I normally I thought... get a text like two hours after the game. Yeah, for sure. Well, the last, I mean, when was the last time Kentucky won in Moraga? 2020. 2020. Oh, yeah. 2021. 2021. Right. Oh, we won in 2021 as well. St. Mary's won two straight in Moraga. So that'd been 2023, I... 2022. So yeah, yeah that 2021 I was, year. I was at the game in 2020 when we won by 30, like right before the world ended. And that was yeah. a blast. That was a blast. Um, Alex, thank you for your time. We appreciate it. What, uh, can we follow you on a Twitter handle or something? If people are interested. Yeah. You can follow me on Twitter at a Jensen 86. A Jensen 86. Yeah. Uh, Rob, do you have something for us? I do. I'm waiting. I just got a call. Right I know. I'm family. getting, dude, I'm getting like 16 pings. I'm like working while we're doing this. Oh, dude. this is brutal. When thank you guys for dark- having me. When you're in a dark place, you sometimes tend to think you've been buried. Perhaps you've been planted. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.